1: Well, welcome back to WCN-TV. This is Tuesday, April 25th, 2023, and I'm back after a couple of weeks off. Uh, not off, but not here either. So um, we had just an incredible, um, amazing um, conference a couple of weeks ago, April 14th and 15th. And uh, one of our presenters is here with us again today, John Dislin. We're going to bring you right into the show. And, um I'm I'm interested to know what your thoughts are on our event.
2: Absolutely. Well, Rob, first of all, uh, greetings to you. And I know that you're a, uh, tired, but tireless sojourner out there, uh, with Wisconsin Christian news and such a big supporter of your mission and what you're doing, your ministry. And, and, and so thank you for having me at the, uh, not only tonight, but having me at the, uh, the conference, uh, 10 days ago or so. And I, my thought was, it was, uh, it was splendid, you know, that the messages from the different speakers, you know, I think we, as we all are right in the body of Christ, very complementary to one another, but not really, uh, the same. And so I think they were very much additive to what the the various speakers were saying, but all sort of cohesed into a really uh equipping, edifying and challenging uh day of and, and evening of um of messages and you know exhorting the saints. This is the this hour is late and but it's not it's not a time to for for rest, for uh easing up, for letting down our guard. This is a time for pressing in and doubling down. And so uh and And the messages were just terrific. And so it was, uh, you know, I've been been to a bunch of conferences, not as a speaker. uh, And then, of course, a few as a speaker. And, um, you know, this one, to me, ranked right up there in terms of quality of the message and just the the overall quality of the conference.
1: Yeah. You know, I've been told that it was the best one that we ever did. And we've been doing them for, you know, more than 20 years. So, wow. uh, People have said that, um, and there's a recurring theme in the comments. I, I'm, You know, the Sunday after the, the event, I, my phone was lighting up all day with emails and texts. And then Monday, the phone calls started, which uh, I'm thankful that they didn't come on Sunday because I was, we went to bed at 4.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, there, the recurring theme was it was that people were saying, and different people from different places were saying the same thing, we're using the same words. This you know, basically it was the it, it was the most uh spiritually refreshing and edifying event they had ever been to. So
2: that not was, just that yours, was... but of any any event they've been to.
1: Yeah, yeah. So wow. um and we well, had and people... if
2: I could, Rob, if I could say just a couple things. One is the fellowship at these conferences is as valuable as the message. Oh, I know. And and, and for people who've never been to a conference, I, I'm just telling you, you really miss out because to, to be with such a cloud of witnesses, to, to borrow some language from, from Paul, and, and to be there together to encourage each other, to to share a smile and a handshake and, and a little commentary about things, the the, the fellowship is just Terrific. And then uh, and then the message on top of that. And so for folks who maybe missed this one, I would so encourage you, uh, you know, whether it's Wisconsin Christian News Conference next year or whether it's others. I would just really encourage you to go to these things because they are precious. And and the value I mean, particularly for WCN, the value is is so far beyond. The 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 price to get through the door, it's 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 almost obscene. So I would just really encourage you next time to to press into it and and go check it out and and experience it for yourself, because it's I I don't often just unequivocally uh, recommend things, but I unequivocally recommend uh, Rob's conference.
1: Well, and it you know, to me, it was kind of like a family reunion because we had had not done one in three years. And. um... Wow. Pretty much all of our regulars from that that would never missed a year in twenty years. We're all we're all coming back again. So, but we had people from all over the country. We had a guy from the farthest southern part of uh, Arizona. Uh, just he 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 reads our paper in Arizona, which we distribute there, and he just felt the Lord was leading him to be there, and he got in his car and drove all the way up here. Um. We had people from South Dakota, from Florida, from uh, Montana, um, all over the country. And then, just when I thought I'd heard it all, a guy comes up to me and says, guess where I was yesterday? Paris, France. He's an airline pilot, and he had just was able to rearrange his schedule so that he was able to be at our conference for that weekend. And uh, he was, you know, overjoyed that he was able to do that, so... Um it was uh, you know, really like a family reunion and the fellowship, like you said, John is is incredible and um, just to be with like-minded people. And you know what I thought was was really cool about this one in particular was that we did the old hymns mm-hmm. rather than contemporary Christian praise courses and um, I loved it. Seemed like everybody loved it hearing those old songs.
2: Yeah, the the quality uh, of the lyrics. I I I, I'm I'm really blessed to have a very biblically rich and sound and founded church that you know my family and I can attend, Uh, Mm -hmm. which so many people don't have that within. You know, they have it maybe with a plane flight, but not within a, a reasonable drive. Right. And um and and I just love those hymns that are so scripturally adhering. Because, you know, I I really got convicted one night, Rob, I'll just share this little story. I was playing a really powerful uh, Christian song with, for some friends of ours. And this woman who was there said, oh, play this. And I started playing it. And of course, it's, it's winsome and it's got this great melody and it's singing along. And then I got checked in my Holy Spirit and I, I went and looked at the, at the, at the lyrics, and and I felt in my Holy Spirit that because of the 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 uh, lack of of scriptural relevance and specificity in the lyrics, that that song will be sung for the Antichrist.
1: Uh-huh. And I
2: just I just stopped swaying as I, I read the read the verses. <clears throat> and it's just it's just it's just yeah.
1: Jesus not is not specific. your boyfriend. <laughs> so yeah it,
2: it, it was just and and i just stopped and and of course it, it kind of became contentious at that point. <laughs> but the point yeah. being there's real value in having you know there's there's a reason why the psalms are in the bible because the the verses are scripturally relevant and and they describe god and they praise god and they do all these things and there's too much music out there that that at, at at the very best does none of it and often I think does worse. So right, right. Th- that you had scripturally relevant hymns playing was really edifying. Well
1: and my my friend uh Leighton Howerton who did our introduction song and um mm-hmm. lives in Montana just he he told me two months ago that he just felt God was calling him to be here. He had to be here he didn't know why but he said, just put me to work. I'll, I'll do all the grunt work (laughs) you know, he wasn't coming to perform. He wasn't coming to do anything else, but he wanted to visit Lisa and I and, and, um, and, and help out in any way he could. But, um, he also, uh, did some hymns, uh, with his guitar and, and that was a real blessing to everyone too. So, Mm -hmm. so it was a good event. And, um, Planning for next year again already, and um, we will see what God will do. I, I was amazed all day, all night Friday, and all day Saturday. And honestly, I couldn't get a word in to you at all on Saturday because your book table was swamped the entire time. So there was no reaching you. It was like somebody lower me in through the ceiling so I can get to John. <laughs> Got to get a message to him. <laughs> Yeah
2: well, um you know what was fun, Rob was uh there weren't that many people there and then I spoke and then apparently people thought enough of what I said that they came and they they were interested in the book then. And I, I'm glad it wasn't the reverse. I'm glad they weren't attracted to the book, and then I opened my mouth and then they disappeared. <laughs> so it's kind of nice it happened in the order that it did.
1: Yeah. Well, pretty much every table was full, and uh I, I couldn't reach Sharam or alex either i'd you know trying to get their attention and it's like oh, i'll come back later i'd come back later and they're still their tables are still swamped with people and so yeah. it was good so well I, know, i'm
2: just so, glad alex was able to make it in because he had that little connection snafu and you know had to that was a him. big snafu
1: so um but i you know he he sent me his itinerary and i told him in advance um Ain't no way we're going to be picking you up at the time you think we're picking you up at the airport because <laughs> you got two strikes against you. First, you're flying in with a connection in Chicago. And second, you're flying a particular airline um, um, that I guess we won't mention here, but uh, uh, which is always delayed. It's so like they have one airplane coming here, and that's it. And if that one's something's wrong with it, you're not coming. So anyway, he ended up coming in on Saturday instead of Friday, and renting a car from a different city and driving here. So
2: uh, <laughs> I didn't know that part. Yeah,
1: wow. but it was good because we, you know, he, we, we had uh, uh, the speakers and and some of our friends over at the house afterwards, and Alex joined in, and and uh, it was just a, a very. uh wonderful time of fellowship again so I think the last person left our house at quarter to midnight so wow. um, people wow. didn't want to go home didn't want it to end, didn't want it to end so
2: yeah well but, just getting back to what I was talking about with that sweet fellowship and it's it's not just the presenters with each other it's it's the the attendees too it's just uh, there's something really special about it particularly yeah. if, if you don't have a really strong home church that you can attend. It's just, it's such a special opportunity for fellowship. I just, I really exhort people listening to give it a try because it's, it's just, uh, it's really special.
1: Well, I got to say coach and Michelle hung in there. They, they were, they were with our group. They stayed at our house. So they were, they were, they hung in there till a quarter to midnight when the last person left. And then they went to bed and they left before four 30 in the morning. So, and we're headed back home. So (laughs) I don't know how he did it, but.
2: Well, he's a, he's a gung ho man. He's a go getter. So, you know, that's. He's got the energy for you.
1: That's (laughs) for sure. That's for sure. Anyway. So what's on your mind today, John? John is the case for those who don't know. John is the author of this book. Can you see that? Nehemiah Strong. And every time I go into this book. I'm amazed at how you were able to put so much information into one package. It's uh it's incredible. And by the way, I did send out your email to um, all of our attendees. So
2: Oh good, good, good. Glad Got that done
1: today. So thank you.
2: Yeah. That, yeah, I, I should have I should have checked with you. That's one of those check with me things where I made make a promise on your behalf. So thank you for fulfilling my promise for me.
1: Oh, no, no problem. Just a matter of shooting the email out. So. Yeah, But uh, tell us about your book, I guess, to start things off. Tell us about sure. Nehemiah Strong.
2: Well, it's, uh, and I think it's relevant to what I want to talk about with you tonight, which, which uh, revolves around how God moves for his people. And he always has, and he always will. Uh, but before we get into that, yeah, I, um, you know, I'm, I had a, a 30 some odd year kind of normal professional life with doing finance and started up a a little company and, and some other stuff, actually even worked at at Chick-fil-A for a while in an operator program. And, uh, you know, but God has his plans and he, you know, has us leads us in in directions, right? A, a, A dear friend of mine, Magnum, a spec ops soldier gave me this plaque here that says, you know, the Lord, a man's heart plans his path but the lord directs his steps and and thank god he does right
3: mm-hmm. so
2: uh anyway so he, around 20 2019 i got really stirred up to write things and it's, it's really funny looking back now because i was i was looking for things to write and uh and he just i saw a quick video from celeste solon that was talking about uh this season coming when people are going to be knocking at your door that you'd rather they not and they're public servants and and uh how there are certain things you ought to do or ought not to do and she really kind of gla- gl- uh, glanced on just talked about it briefly and then moved on it wasn't the focus of her of the video and rob when I heard that it just the Holy spirit grabbed a hold of me and i it just I saw in my mind's eye, these, you know, like widows standing at the front door and you've got police officers with sidearms and, you know, intimidation and fear and, and, uh, surprise. And you've got all these elements of, of, uh, attack and conquest, uh, you know, not described as such, but, but they still working on the nonetheless. And, and it just went all over me, Rob. And I, and God just laid it on my heart. It, you know, go write something. And of course so uh so the idea i had was would really have been just a pamphlet
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. it was
2: been hey they're going to knock and here's some strategies and you know I, I spent i don't know if you've ever spent have you ever spent any time looking at the questionnaires that i put together that are in the book
1: no john i haven't um okay, this, well, this book is
2: you out like that
1: john john sent his books to me um for the conference and these babies are heavy.
2: <laughs> you, you can get a workout with a box of those books, right?
1: Yeah. So I, I yeah. um, apologize. I have not. Um, uh,
2: that's okay. I, I apologize for calling you out. But my my, my, re- my
1: reading stack is is thirteen books high right now, and and so.
2: I got you. So you have not memorized my book yet.
1: Haven't got. Haven't gotten that far.
2: Okay. Um, so. Well, so I came up with some questionnaires. I I I only bring it up because I had such fun putting together the questionnaires because I'm I'm sort of OCD, and so but if you channel your OCD, then it it actually is a tool instead of a detriment. So I spent weeks developing these the mother of all you know questionnaires for Mm -hmm. public servants who come to your door. So anyway, that's the direction I started. But you know, as it often is the case, God's plan for what he wanted me to produce was way, way beyond mine. And so it wound up being this 480 page field manual for answering the question, you know, we're, we're in this fight, the enemy's coming in like a flood, Isaiah 59. And, and it's, it's fundamentally to answer the question, what do I do now? And, you know, so talks about the, the part I wasn't anticipating that God really had me deliver to a great degree in the book is has to do with the spiritual, you know, not only uh, the spiritual warfare aspect of what we're dealing with, because we are in a spiritual war, Rob, as you know, and most of most of the people listening will know this. But we're in a spiritual war. There's there's a lot of tactics and there's a lot to be aware of as it pertains to spiritual warfare. But there's also spiritual authority. And the authority that Jesus Christ himself gave us, he, he told us, he said, you know, miracles like these and greater than these will you do, you know, when I depart, but I go so that the comforter may come and, and it's good for you. Right. So so it deals with the spiritual. But then, as you know, there's hundreds of pages of practical too. you know, so how to deal with knocks on the door and how to form up mutual teams and how to uh, communicate. And uh, so just just it's 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 really kind of my love letter to my brothers and sisters in christ of here's a field manual for uh getting through um this season of trial as it says in the in the subtitle um so that we can you know because we're meant to uh be strong and do exploits as daniel eleven thirty two says that's prophetic that's describing people in this season as I'm convinced, and I, I suspect you are too Rob and um and I want to be counted among those and so this was my effort to really equip the saints to obviously compliment not replacing scripture but but complimenting it and it's chock full of scripture but uh, equipping people to to occupy and overcome in this season uh, so but thank you for giving me a chance to talk about it and by the way too i I, I believe it's on the screen but You know, johndislam.com is the website. You can learn a ton more about it. And then uh, WCN1 is the discount. And would love for you guys to take advantage of that. And get yourself a copy and see what all the fuss is about.
1: Yeah. um, I'm glad you reminded me on that email. It's WCN1, not just WCN. I've been telling people just WCN. So (laughs) if you get any of those coming through, um, I don't know, maybe you can work something out.
2: Now that I know that you've been doing that, I'll go back and add that discount after the show so that either will work well.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, isn't it amazing, you know, the plans that we have that we think God is telling us to do compared to what he actually has in mind in the end is... Way beyond anything we could comprehend when we start things off, we just step it's out amazing. in faith, and then He does the work, and then through us. And um, it's 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 crazy. If you had told me twenty four years ago that I'd be doing a weekly radio, twice a weekly radio program, weekly TV program, and our newspaper would be nationally distributed, <laughs> I I mean I wouldn't couldn't comprehend it. It's uh, and you know what?
2: It probably if you had planned for that, you would have gotten in your own way. You know, I, probably. I'm really convinced that that what God keeps us from knowing and reveals in due time might be just as valuable as what we know right now. That he that he doesn't cloud our judgment, he doesn't lead us to make wrong decisions because you know mm-hmm. if I'd known that I would be writing a 480 page book. I don't know if I would have started it, but right. because I thought uh, I was, it was writing a fat pamphlet, <laughs> it wasn't so overwhelming, right? And then, and then it wound up at four eighty.
1: Wow, cool!
2: So, funny to think about.
1: Anyone in our audience have any questions or comments for John while we have a minute? I see Harry's in here. We got Ray, uh, Russ, Betty, Deanne. Okay, so we'll we'll move on. In your notes that you sent me, John, you said God moves for his people. And then we talked about uh, patterns of God moving for his people in tribulation throughout the scriptures. Amen. Uh, Maybe give us some examples of of that.
2: Absolutely. And and before I do that, I would like to actually talk about a real experience that happened to me. I, I haven't even told you this. Hours after... Uh, I left the conference. And so, uh, foolishly, I thought everybody would be, you know, flying like the wind, you know, to the four corners, the, the moment the conference was over. And and so I had, as you know, Rob, well, we I, tried I, to
1: chase them out, but they didn't want to go. So
2: <laughs> just kept because they
1: had to set up the rooms for the next day because they had another event, but
2: yeah. So, so, uh, so so unlike the other wiser presenters, I kind of skedaddled because I'd I'd made my next night's hotel reservation in Chicago proper, mm-hmm. and um, uh, you know what's funny about that is that Chicago was once my favorite big city in America because um, I, I spent years going there for business in the 90s and the 2000s, and I, you know I've been to Chicago maybe not a hundred times, but approaching that um, so many times, but not often in the last 20 years. And so I thought, mm-hmm. well, the, you know, it also coincided with my birthday. So I don't know if you knew that I spent oh, with you, but um, I did so, not.
1: Well, happy birthday. If yeah. you, we had known, we would have embarrassed you very, well, very well. That's why you didn't
2: know. Rob. <laughs> <laughs> we would add a cake and the whole works. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah I snuck it in there, but anyway, so, Uh, so I thought, well, this would be a fun way to, to, you know, celebrate my birthday, et cetera. So, uh, thank you, Betty. So, uh, so anyway, so I, I snuck out the back of the the conference and hit the road, the highway down to, uh, to Chicago. And so, and it's a bit, it's a bit of a haul and had to get gas and all. So anyway, get into Chicago about 10 o'clock, uh, saturday night okay and and i know chicago fairly well even though it's been a while you know the streets are the same and so i'm coming in i'm coming in through the loop and i I actually got misdirected to the wrong address for the hotel and then i fixed that and i'm like okay i got to get up michigan avenue a mile and a half or so so i come out i come out of the loop around i can't remember jackson or somewhere and, and pointing east towards the lake and i I start coming out and I'm gonna take a left at Michigan Avenue. Okay, which and for those who don't know Chicago, Michigan Avenue is kind of the main guest, you know, visitor street on the eastern side of the city. And it's 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 right close to Lake Michigan and it's it's kind of fun and used to be pretty and all this kind of stuff. So anyway, I pull out onto Michigan, I'm about to turn left, and there is a wall of blue lights. I mean, and at first, I th- and what I thought was, oh, there's been a terrible accident. Well, you don't have that bad accident going 35 miles an hour, you know, in Michigan. Mm, Avenue. Yeah. It is a wall from one end, and in Michigan Avenue is three lanes plus turn lanes, you know, both directions, huge uh, city street. But it is from one edge of the sidewalk to the other edge of the sidewalk, a wall of blue lights, Wow, police lights. And I looked at that and I thought, at first I thought, well, that's an accident. I thought, well, I'll just kinda of wind through it and I want to see Michigan Avenue anyway. It's been a long time. And 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 then I thought and I, I really I got a check in my spirit and it's like, no, that's that's not the smart play here.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: And and I wound up going straight, went up Lake Shore, went around and, you know, collapsed exhausted because I've been up for uh almost 20 hours. So uh so anyway, that was that. Well, you think, okay, that's the end of the story. No. Because the next morning, when I was checking, you know, the news and sort of catching up on the day, those were the Saturday version of the a part of the Saturday version of the Chicago riots, um, April fifteenth, and so and then I started watching videos of what happened down the you know up the street where I was about to turn, and down the street from my hotel, and uh, and it was savage. I mean, it was – what I was watching was uh, just extraordinarily uh, violent, just mindless mob destruction, not only of of cars and windows and whatnot, but uh, attacking people. And, you know, one guy got put in the hospital, another poor woman – there was a 30-second video of a woman who was absolutely terrified. Whose race did not comport with the race of the individuals who formed the mob. And they, I mean, they were swirling around her. She, I mean, you could see she was absolutely terrified, just like yelling at them to leave her alone. They grab her, suck her into the vortex of this mob, and just beat the ever-living daylights out of her. On, hmm. and, and they're they're videoing it because they're so proud of what they're doing yeah. and then, of course, send it out to the world. So so that is what I came really close to <laughs> I mean, it's the middle of Saturday night within hours of your conference. And so think about, Rob, think about the contrast between how lovely and sweet and warm and spirit-filled and edifying that Fellowship was in that conference at, you know, 4 p.m. Saturday. And by 10 p.m. Saturday, I'm narrowly escaping, driving into the midst of this mob where I'm hmm. sure I would have been, you know, they would have been delighted to take somebody like me. And and women like that poor woman in Wabash are just being uh, consumed by this spirit. I mean, this, this spirit of the age.
1: Uh, well, unfortunately, all of our major cities are. Are going that direction, and uh, yeah, you know, my wife is from the uh, the Twin Cities area, and back um, when we got married, it, w- it was a nice place to visit. We, you know, we never had any concerns or anything, you know, about going there any any part of Twin Cities. Now you don't go there unless you absolutely have to. And Chicago we we avoid that as much as possible. Um
3: I sometimes <laughs> sometimes
1: we do drive around it but um and pay you know seventy eight dollars in tolls. Right. Yeah, I <laughs> noticed that, they, that. that they mail to you um and charge you for mailing to you. But uh yeah, I know we with we, Chicago we're surrounded by Michigan, Minnesota and chicago so we're and i recently learned just last week that uh, milwaukee is more violent per capita than chicago is so i was not aware of that so
2: that's interesting but you know not surprising it's the age this this age of lawlessness that we live in so but you Mm -hmm. know to me rob it, it i'm just i'm struck by the I am struck by all the different facets of this. You know, first of all, the the degree of the violence, the, the mindlessness of the violence. And I'm not saying I advocate violence under virtually any circumstance, but this was just for fun. You know, that they, they weren't they weren't demonstrating for better wages or for, you know, some great wrong that had been done by City Hall. They weren't they weren't starving. You know, it was none of that. It was it was fun. And, well,
1: and imagine what's going to happen when um, the regime uh, stirs things up to create some anger among them.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know? that's, and so yes, and I think it's important that we be. You know, the 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 New Testament word for it is Gregoruo, right? Is watchful, is uh, aware, and and uh, on guard and watching. Uh, and we're exhorted over and over, uh, particularly in the New Testament, to be watchful. Um, but it was such a wake-up call to me, Rob. And the the contrast of it with the fellowship I'd experienced the same day, mm-hmm. and then the mindless violence and really just, just overflowing hatred that was contained in these riots that very night, um, and how close I got to it you know it's one thing if you if it's over there but it's it's sitting in our backyards now and even you know obviously you don't live you know a stone's throw from Chicago but you know I I heard an adage a few years ago and it really stuck with me and it it goes that um, that plenty is at rest but hunger is a wanderer so when people have plenty Everything's kind of placid and calm, but when there's pervasive hunger, people will move around and and they will travel miles and miles and miles and so if you're sort of comfortably outside these these major centers, or let's say you've got you've got you know other elements in the world who um don't think well of you you know when when things get sideways you're gonna you're gonna meet neighbors you didn't realize you had, mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's important to be mindful of that, yeah
1: well, so, and unfortunately, we're seeing in our local news um a lot of the problems that we're we're having locally uh, being caused by people from uh some of the larger cities, including chicago so yeah you know. yeah and, so i mean things that you would never dream could happen here are happening here now um and the perpetrators are not from here not part of the community but they're they're here yeah they walk among us
2: yeah and it's it, i i i'm convinced rob it's like that all over now so so pivoting back you know i, I don't bring that story up just so you know and and by the way stayed in chicago for several days had a lot of fun didn't have any encounters but it was kind of a ghost town and it it Mm -hmm. wasn't the chicago i knew which was so bustling and positive and kind of high energy It, it 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 was uh it was it was different than it had been before having said all that you know i i didn't bring that up rob to sow seeds of fear with anybody, right? Because we're not given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Um, but I did bring it up to say, those that that was such a, a wake up call of the times that we find ourselves in. But then of course the question, which is consistent with, you know, the, the book I spent a couple of years on, which is, okay, well, how am I to respond to that? How am I to feel about that? And and where's God in all this? And and as I, I sent you some notes, Rob, I'd love to sharpen an eye with you for a few minutes just on some, some principles that percolated up to me as I was thinking about the way that God moves in all of this. Uh, and And some different examples from scripture that I really think that, we in this hour are to draw strength from and encouragement from and uh, and peace from knowing that he will never leave us nor forsake us um and you know the the first example to me, which gets back to what just happened ten days ago, is I didn't turn left on Michigan Avenue. you know right. I, I, I easily I was so close to turning left and this Holy Spirit just kind of, Tweet and said, Don't turn left. Yeah, <laughs>
3: Don't yeah. Don't turn yeah. left.
2: I didn't turn left. So, you know, and and as is consistent with the story with Elijah, remember the story where Elijah ran from Queen Jezebel after slaughtering the uh mm-hmm. the priests of of Baal? And uh and God wasn't in the fire, he wasn't in the earthquake, he wasn't in the storm, he was in the still small voice. And uh and I really and and that's how I hear from him i i don't i don't hear some magic audible you know and i shouldn't say magical because i do believe people get an audible word who god deems to do so for but um you know he's there he he and when he directs our steps he's directing our steps how he sees fit whether it's just an unction in our spirit or that stir of the holy spirit or whatever it is but i know that i've uh been directed here and there that I've I've been uh, steered isn't the right word but I've been led I guess I would say almost like a like a loving shepherd and I think that Saturday night when I didn't turn left I think that was the Holy Spirit looking out for me so, well, so yeah, that, that I, think, a, I, think, I think a, a lot of us
1: a lot of us have the have had similar experiences you know mm-hmm. yeah and we see things that have happened, and we think, if uh, God had not had me do this, that would have been me, you know,
2: so. Absolutely. So I would like to walk through different examples of how God has moved in tumultuous times in the past. And I, I'm expecting, I mean, this isn't the say of the Lord, but I am expecting that he's going to move to move in all of these different ways for his people, for us in this season, as as this season unfolds. And before I go through a few of these points, and so do I have about twenty minutes left? Is that right? Yep. Okay. Um, I would like to just exhort people before I go into a few specifics. It, I think it can be easy with the the tsunami of news that we get now, you know, if you're, if you're good at all at, you know, tracking kind of right-minded truth-telling, uh, watchmen, um, you're, you're inundated with avalanches of, um, of news across the whole waterfront, uh, in terms of what's going on. And that would, that was, as you recall, maybe Rob, that was a piece of my presentation was, you know, if you watch the news, it's it's hard to believe you we know, still here because it can be so bad. But um, but I, w- I would just so want to encourage people who are listening tonight that, um, that God has not ceded the battlefield. There isn't a single thing that is in the news as extraordinary as the news is getting. There isn't one tiny little iota of a news item that is a surprise to God. It's it's all happening within the boundaries and the framework that God has laid out for this season. And temporally, he is allowing it to unfold at the pace that he's allowing. And And it must, I mean, can you imagine, Rob, how incensed Satan must get that he, yeah, I mean, if you know. he's got any sense at all, he knows that God is just teasing him out on the leash, like inch by inch, exactly the way God plans, and there's nothing that Satan could do about it. Uh-huh. And so, so to me, you know, while we, on the one hand, sometimes yes, I, if I'm being honest, I, I get thrown. I see news. It's it's like how, how do we make okay? How do we make it through that one? <laughs> but, yeah, right. You know how many how many times have believers said that and and God came through and God made a way and so so my first overarching you know exhortation to folks listening is God's a waymaker and and he's the one in control. There's none of this that's happening that's a surprise to him or that that he hasn't allowed. and he's there, and he will see us through and and he's he's a miracle working waymaker who can make a way for those who love him and are called according to his purpose.
1: So John, do you...
2: First overarching comment.
1: Yeah. Do you do you feel we uh, as a nation are under God's judgment?
2: Oh, I absolutely. And, and the part I'm going to say, Rob, that a lot of folks on here tonight might disagree with, and, and maybe we sharpen iron over if, if you disagree with me vehemently, is, you know, God's judgments are right. And and his, his, his actions are true. And, and when I see that, that America is under judgment, I, I can't fault God about it. Because if you look at what we've become as a nation is a hissing sound in the nostrils of the nations of the world. And I don't blame them. Because we have become the peddler of every form of evil that I can think of, we are a global leader, if not the global leader, and we are pumping it in mass all over the world. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're talking about drugs, pornography, war. I mean, we are the, if you want to call it, describe it this way, the most outstanding warmongering nation in the history of the world. Yeah. You know, so so we export all of this filth, and unfortunately, you know, in my opinion, the organs of our government have been almost completely, not completely, but almost completely overrun with the wicked. And so the wicked are at the controls, and, and they are doing a number on us but also a number on the world. And and so, so when I look at God judging America, I, I can't fault him for it because what would we have him do? Would we have him allow it to continue on the way it's been? And so he, in my opinion, he had to move and think about how long suffering he's been for us. And so, yes, we are absolutely under judgment and it's going to get biblically bad. and. Uh, and and it it had to be so because mm-hmm. because what if he what if he hadn't I mean, imagine where america would be rob think about this where would america be in 20 years if he wasn't judging us how how depraved and awful how 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 much more evil would we invent as america? oh there's no limit
1: there's no limit without you know it's it's like the people you were describing in chicago there is no limit to the um, depravity uh we, with, we would for people for people who don't know god
2: yeah we would we would we would find continuously new bottoms of depravity and evil if he didn't put a stop to it so yeah. you know so i say god put a stop to it um now i also would like for him to to you know remain faithful to us and preserve us in calamity so there is that but um i can't i can't gainsay him for for judging what, in my estimation, is the wickedest nation that's ever been.
1: Yeah. Well, Resistence. even even in the, in the midst of the judgment that the nation is going through, um, God, I believe, is still going to be protecting his own. Um, many of us, or even most of us, may lose our lives for him, for his sake. But um, mm-hmm. um, what is that in comparison to what we're headed for? So, yeah. Um, and right, in the meantime, point, in the meantime, like you said, he's a waymaker. So,
2: yeah, he sure is. And so, let me touch on a few of those because I, I, as I compiled the list, first of all, I was amazed at just how fast the list came together because there, there's so many examples.
3: Right. But it was right.
2: really encouraging to me also because as there's this waterfront of evil, there's this waterfront of provision, blessings, and and uh, waymaking, and protection, and refuging, and so so. let me just touch on a handful of these, and maybe you could comment on them if if something strikes your fancy. The first one I, I would name, and I would count you among the modern-day versions of these, uh, and you may remain as humble as you wish, but, you know, God raises up heroes. He raises up righteous, uh, faithful men who do his will, and, and the one that often comes to mind for me rob is gideon of judges chapters six and seven and so he took gideon who was a nobody's nobody and gideon goes from being you know threshing wheat in the wine press because he's hiding from the midianites to leading a charge of the 300 to destroy the midianites and he made that jump in not directly but he made that jump in a pretty short season because god was in it And Gideon was faithful. And so I think in this hour, I think we're seeing I mean, I I think of somebody like Alex Newman, who's heading up, you know, the New American, which is the 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 online arm of the John Birch Society. And I mean, just laying out carpet bombing with the truth, you know, and and the truth can't be gainsaid. And and I know he's causing fits for the enemy, but it goes on down the list. All all those different. Other uh, speakers you had at the conference and, and so many more people but you know heroes are raising up rising up uh in this season and so that's my first example next one which i think you also fall under and, and others as well is is providing watchmen and um you know we're so many of us are too busy to to do the uh the digging that's required to do the the original investigation that creates news. But those people who do and take it on as a role are modern day watchmen. And we know from Ezekiel chapter 33, not only do men, and I found this interesting, I don't know if you've ever read, Rob, Ezekiel 33 closely and teased this out, but what's clear is that men raise up their own watchmen who are, you know, it's an honorable office that where men are raised up, and God raises up his watchmen, too. And so whether it's you know they're raised up from the people or, or appointed by God, there is an office of watchmen. And uh, by inference, there's a great deal of wisdom, <laughs> like keeping your eyes on the watchmen. And being, like I said earlier, Gregor being watchful through the watchmen that you understand the signs of the times, like the sons of Issachar. Of first chronicles twelve thirty two that you might know what to do, and so well, the frustrating part finish. of that yeah. is
1: the frustrating part of that for me is those who will not listen,
2: yeah, and you know it's funny you bring that up, Rob. I was talking about that with a friend of mine uh earlier today and uh, and we were just think about how frustrating it is for God.
3: Mm-hmm. That God
2: sent His Son, that that His death would pay the price for everybody, and comparatively, so few people receive the gift, and so, yeah. so God knows how we feel, and uh, and it is so frustrating. But but I do think we we are entering a season. Remember when when Jesus told the disciples when He sent them out, and He said, if they will not receive you in a town, you shake the dust off your shoes, and you move on to the next town. And um, I think we're living in a season kind of like that, where if someone refuses the truth, at some point you've got to move on and you've got to move on to the people who will. Yeah. Um, so as as sobering and sorrowful as that is. Um, the next point I would make, Rob, and, and hopefully uh, your neck of the woods is, is, is already in one of these or close to one of these, because I know mine isn't, is... Uh, preserving his people and the story that I immediately think of is in Goshen uh, in Egypt. And so when you read the story of Moses and Pharaoh and the ten plagues, what's fascinating is that over and over and over it says, the land of Goshen, there was no plague. there were no frogs, there was no blood water, you know there was no darkness, The land of Goshen was preserved, and I I believe that is a type for his modern-day people, you know, the grafted-in church. I am utterly convinced that there are going to be um, communities, places where we're going to—the Holy Spirit's going to lead us to go. Like like it says in Proverbs 69, he directs our steps together where we'll be in community and we'll be supernaturally sheltered from— the uh not only the demonic hordes as uh russ Dizdar described them from time to time Mm -hmm. but um but the calamity more generally speaking uh i'm utterly convinced of that and i think it's scriptural Mm -hmm. complementary to that and and i was just studying this at church so i tip my hat to my uh my church that i love so much is cities of refuge and if you read in joshua chapter 20 But also in Exodus 21 and Numbers 35, God goes to great lengths to describe these cities of refuge where people who are being hunted can run to and there is priestly protection for qualifying people in these cities of refuge. And what's interesting is, you know, so a city of refuge doesn't provide the same blessing as, let's say, total liberty, but... It does provide a a community of strength and protection for someone who is basically being hunted um, to go to and to be preserved in. And so it's it's or originates with uh, the Lord. It originates in his law as he handed it down and, and described it in detail to Moses. And then later it was reapplied uh, as the Israelites populated uh, the Promised Land, and they they instituted the principle of cities of refuge as they uh, settled in the Promised Land.
1: Well, I I think there are going to be pockets of that, but I I in my own mind I cannot comprehend entire cities <laughs> of refuge for Christians because I think Christians are going to be um um uh, it's going to be open season.
2: Yeah, well, very soon. I don't disagree with you. I think we will be, if we're not already, you know, public enemy number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, having said that, in, and this isn't even on, even on my list, but uh, I'm reminded of Purim and the story of Esther and how God not only just provided a miraculous way for uh, for the Israelites to, um, to achieve protection, but... The Israelites in that day um, rose up and they defended themselves and they actually uh, achieved a great victory over their enemies, their bloodthirsty enemies who for for no cause wanted to uh, eradicate them. And it was so much so that they uh, went returned back to the king and they said, can you extend Purim, which is the Jews se- celebrate to this day Purim. And they went to the king and they said, hey, we, we need a second day to finish the uh, destruction of our enemies. And so the king actually added to Purim. To, so what, what the enemy meant for the destruction of God's people, God turned it on its head and He used it for the preservation of his people and the destruction of their enemies. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but he prolonged it almost like Joshua's long day, which I've never connected the two but he prolonged it like Joshua's long day so that the Israelites would actually have a second day to to finish up the work they needed to do to eradicate their enemies. And so what the enemy had crafted for their destruction, God used it for their good. And and I I think we might see Purim-like experiences because we do have a God-given you know, right to self-preservation and uh, protection of our our family. Like Nehemiah talks about in, uh, I think it's Nehemiah chapter four, he says, fight, fight for your wives, fight for your sons and daughters, fight for your homes. And um, I'm not going to be surprised if we see a season like that.
1: Yep. Nor will I.
2: Yeah. So... Okay, so continuing on, you know, another principle, which is consistent with what we're talking about here is preserving his remnant. And if you'll remember from 1 Kings chapter 19, uh, Elijah's on the run from, from uh, Jezebel, and he laments to God. This is where he hears God in the, in the still small voice, and God says, Elijah, what are you doing? <laughs> What's that love, right? It's like, uh, what are you doing? And uh, you know Elijah laments that he's the only one left, right? He thinks he thinks he's the only one left that is faithful to God. And God says, Elijah, I still have seven thousand men who have not bent a knee to Baal, and yeah. uh, and and those people were not hidden in God's in the secret place of the Most High just by accident. They, He preserved them supernaturally, one by one. So much so, they were so, think about this, Rob. Have you ever thought about this? They were so hidden that Elijah didn't know about them. Mm -hmm. So they were so concealed that even Elijah himself ran when he in fact had this whole cloud of witnesses there with him who were remaining faithful to God, and so God can preserve His remnant in the midst of Ahab, Jezebel, and this wicked world.
1: Well, you know, I think I think we've all been in that place where we think we're the only one left. So, mm-hmm.
2: well, and and what's great about conferences like yours, Rob, is it's such a great reminder we're not alone. Right. I've got you. I mean, I know if I reached out to you and I said, "Rob, oh Lord, I'm." I'm having this, you know, terrible problem or I'm so I'm I'm so down or whatever. I know you'd be there for me.
1: And any anything you need.
2: And we're but we're all like that. You know, we're yeah. all we're all here to love each other, love on each other, lift each other up and, and encourage each other as we see the day approaching. Mm-hmm. Amen. A couple other points, and I know I'm running out of time here, but one is provision and so there's so many examples whether it's Joseph and his seven years of plenty whether it's Agabus who was the prophetess who foresaw famine coming in Acts chapter 11 or the widow with Elijah at Zarephath in 1 Kings 17 God can provide and in fact one of his names is Jehovah Jireh which means the Lord shall provide now that doesn't mean you shouldn't frivolously take advantage of him by you know never refilling the the tank in your mm-hmm. gas tank in your car but But um, he will provide. And then finally, um, victory. And, And as you said earlier in the show, Rob, even in death, we're going to have victory. We know how this story ends. And so let's lay down whatever fear that might remain. Let's run this race and let's encourage each other and be faithful to God and love him back. Show how much, how grateful we are to him for what, considering what he did for us. Any price we pay between here and and uh, the hereafter is nothing compared to the great, glorious riches that he's bestowed on us.
1: Well, John, you have been a tremendous encouragement. Anyone in our audience have any comments before we uh, get to the end of the program? Comments or questions? All right. Well, you can... F- oh. Ready.
3: I just wanted to say that I read that chapter that you gave me, I believe it was chapter three, because I was having spiritual warfare. And I really appreciated reading that because I tell you what, we got rid of them. We it's have no really. yes. I I told Satan I was fed up and I am done. And this is the last time you'll ever be here. Wow. So thank you. So, so chapter
2: two, three yeah. the chapter on spiritual authority?
3: Yeah, I believe so. Yep. That was okay. I believe it was chapter three. You told me to read that first and I did. I took your advice.
2: Wow. I what thank encouragement you, you know that you're so welcome and thank you for the encouragement. Cause you go write something like that and you just hope and pray it makes a difference for somebody. So to hear that is just you just made my week, Betty. So thank you.
1: Well, and um uh, the entire book is power packed, so just just the information that you asked me to email to people today, Sean. It's uh it's overwhelming in a way, but it doesn't need to be because you have it so well uh you know uh, broken down. You go to whatever information you want. So and there it is. Thank you. So again, the um uh, down to a few seconds here. Again, the uh, the website is John Dislin, d y s l i n dot com. John Dislin.com, and you can get the book there, and you can even get a discount when you put in uh, the discount code WCN or WCN one. <laughs> so we got two discount codes for you. So.
2: Just for you, Rob. Just for just, you. You're just for The only person I know that I'm giving two discount codes to.
1: Well, hey. <laughs> you
2: forced my hand. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> my mistake actually so
2: oh, no problem
1: so well thank you for being here again john it's so good to see you and you were really an encouragement to uh, to to me and i'm sure you were to our listeners too
2: so mm, uh, my pleasure you... it's uh it, it's I, I love uh engaging with you and sharpening iron so let's do it again sometime
1: okay we will Okay. We'll see you. uh, Actually, Dr. Mike will see you next week. I'll be back the week after that with the Rusty Thomas. God bless. Bye.